Welcome to Essie's Out It is 11.21pm and I am in a hotel room by myself in North Carolina, Durham for work and I'm pooped. <laughs> uh, just thought I'd share that all with you. Uh, so we're up to episode 38, Lindsay. Lindsay and I met at an event about a year and a half ago and she was so like, I don't know, we just got along, classic. And then we, she came up to me at a restaurant, like we both live in the same neighborhood, Greenpoint, like months later and she's like, I think I know you. I was like, oh yes. And then a couple of months later we catch up for a drink and we had a really good chat and she'd mentioned that she'd had an abortion and I'd always wanted someone to come on and talk about this subject. Um, and I just, you know, gently asked if she would and she said yes. So it was, I was very excited but also very nervous. This, this subject, abortion, it's, I have to admit, it's, it's not easy to talk about. And you guys will hear us, we giggle nervous all the time through this and I know Lynn's was you know very cautious of not hurting anyone's feelings when she told the story and I was also like what can I you know I don't want to cause any problems with what I say uh, but I think we did a good job and I think you know when it's uncomfortable like this it means that we're talking about things that shouldn't be it shouldn't be so uncomfortable to talk about. So the more we do it, the less it will become uncomfortable. So I'm I'm really proud and uh, just some housekeeping, guys. Uh, review the podcast on iTunes. It means the world to us. And I never really ask, but I'm going to start asking because it's, it's going to help. And one day I want to quit my job and do this full time. But um, I'm going to need a few more things like some more listeners some reviews some sponsors but hey i'm working on it anyway uh if you would review that to give us a review that would be lovely but i hope you enjoy this episode and Linz, i just want to say i'm super duper proud of you you were really amazing and thank you for coming on and sharing your story with us it means the world all right enjoy the start how to, Hello, to go into this um I think I, I want to start where you are I but there is this I do kind of want to start from did you ever think about yeah abortion and all that sort of stuff growing up um yeah so I think um I remember walking home with my best friend uh, at the time and we walked home every day after school together and I think we were like 12 or something, but um, you grow up quick in New Mexico. And uh, she had said to me that like, it, what would you do if, if you got pregnant and uh, 
and would you keep the baby? And, and she, her answer was like, have an abortion. And, and my answer was like, I have no idea. Like, are you talking about today? Are you talking about like when I'm 16? Or are you talking about when like I'm an adult? Um, and by an adult, I meant like 18. Of course. <laughs> this very old 18 year old. Yeah. Uh, and, and I had to like think about that a lot. And, and then, you know, I think we had that same um, question came up in our lives when we were about like 16. And she was like, I would keep it. And I was like, fuck that. I would have an abortion because I just knew how big the world was, or at least I was getting a good sense of how big the world was. And um, I would knew that that wouldn't be the right decision for me. Did it feel taboo? I'm trying, because I'm yeah. trying to f- go back to, was it, because we, I had those conversations as well. And I, I kind of had this moment where I'm like, I could totally be a single mom. For some reason, it correlated to being a single mom as well. Because right. it, it was like, if it wasn't planned, meaning you weren't settled in a relationship, um, then it means you're going to be a single mom with a child and you were going to be 16. Like, that's yeah. how it sort of came about. And I'm like, I could do it. It was more like I could do it rather than, would that be the right decision for my life? Right. And then when I got to 16, I was like, that is not the right decision for my <laughs> life at all. But there was, um, it, but the shame part was really big. It wasn't like it was, I was worried about the law or how mm-hmm. it happened. It was more like, I know that you, I guess you'd have to keep it a secret. Like this isn't something that then you would, you would talk about. It would be an internal decision that you make and you'd either go and deal with it or you wouldn't. Right. Right. It would be like an avoidance of the shame to step up to the challenge of being a mother yeah. at a really young age. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's intense. <laughs> yeah, this is a light conversation <laughs> on your walk home. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, but I think at that time, too, in high school, our friends had started having abortions. Like, I, we took one of our friends to get one. How old were you? I think she was, like, 16 or 17. Yeah. And were you guys a part of that? discussion of what should she do um I don't I don't really remember she was closer friends with that other person um I think she might have been but I was just like there and around for it did it did it scar you in any way like did you no I think I think we were all like hell yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) do what you gotta do do what you gotta do Yeah. yeah so then let's skip forward a bit okay because where, what was happening in your life when this chapter started? Um, my person and I had just moved um, to Los Angeles from San Francisco. And we had been together for about um, a year when we moved. And how um, old were you? I was 22, 23. Yeah, and then he was six years older than that. So, Yeah. Um, but we're both starting out in our careers. Like I had just had my, my first agency job and he was, um, moving on to a second, but he wanted to do some writing and like explore like the creative aspect of, um, jobs and careers. And, uh, so he took a job as a busboy at a Mexican restaurant in Culver City, California. Nice. Yeah. So making the big bucks. Making 
so much money. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and um, I was working at a, a small digital agency at the time as like a, a project manager. And um, we, the holidays were coming, it was Christmas, and uh, I left to go on a trip with my family, and he stayed there because he had to, you know, stay at the best boy job mm. over the holidays. Um, busy time. Busy, <laughs> busy time. Yeah. Uh, and he was also still looking for, like, writing jobs on the side and trying to get that lined up. And how are you to, how was the, I mean, one year in, are you still sort of in honeymoon phase? Mm. I mean, you decided to move together to LA. Yeah. That's a pretty solid sign. Uh, I think it was, it was a difficult move because I was young and he was a little older, but he was in a place where he wanted to transition in his career. And I was in a place where I was starting my career and I knew what the next step would be. And I knew what all of the steps would be moving forward. Um, and, and he was trying to like, you know, yeah, he, he had, it. he'd done those steps and now yeah. he was ready to truly go do his dreams. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But, um, he, we didn't have any cushion to support us during that period. And so I ended up, you know, taking a lot of stuff on financially. Um, and, uh, yeah, we moved into like this dingbat apartment in Los Angeles, which is like a 1970s style courtyard apartment that yeah. like has the butt, if you will, of the apartment sits over uh, a parking lot. <laughs> it's kind of like a motel. Kind it's kind of like a yeah. motel, exactly. Um, and uh, it was like carpeted and, it, you know, like hadn't fully been renovated, been renovated a little bit, but not enough. And I just, it, it wasn't, it didn't ever feel like home during the two and a half years that we lived there, but it felt very much not welcoming and like warm um, in those first six months, right? Yeah, yeah. And also like Los Angeles is a hard place to move to. Yeah. Uh, and I was working at a small digital agency, so I didn't have like a big friend network there yet. Um, so I left, um, went to Florida with my family, had a great time. Um, during that time, my birth control um, prescription ran out, but that was fine because I was planning on getting Nexplanon. When I got back, I had made an appointment for like the second week in January. And next one on is, um, it's like a, a little thing, <laughs> uh, that is inserted into your arm and then hormones are released oh, for yeah, three yeah. years. The injection, the, yeah. It's not, it's not like a chip. It's a, it's this, um, <laughs> yeah, it's a straw. I, it's like a straw. Well, I always think of it like in the movies when they put a barcode yeah. into the arm and they like can scan it but I don't I mean it's not that but it it practically is um yeah. okay <laughs> so I was but right it's just like a time released hormone thing um but it's like the most effective thing on the market and um I think taking the pills had just I'd gotten tired of it and over it um were you good at it though no not really but good enough and when we say good, meaning, like, did you take it regularly at the same time every day? <laughs> I don't think that, like, there's medical information that says supports that you have to take it every time <laughs> at the same day. That's just, like, the way that doctors know that you will do it. We'll do it, yeah. yeah. It's good to get into a routine. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, especially for teens. Uh, so, yeah, I didn't do that, but I, I did do it, and I had been on it for 
like at least six years, maybe more at that time, seven, eight. Um, and it had been full, t- full time, yeah. all the time. Um, Did you always just do it for contraception or were you also like for skin or for regular yeah. period? I or? mean, I had, uh, the excuse was for skin, right? And, and I wasn't sexually active when I was really young, like not active, active. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm not like going for marathons or like running around the block every night. But I mean, like an occasional workout, if you will. Um, <laughs> you did that very smoothly. <laughs> that was very good. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, so I had been on the pill for a really, really long time, and there is this uh, myth I know now that you can take the pill for a number of years, and then these hormones like stay in your body. Right. Oh. And like, it's, it's fine to have sex because you won't get pregnant. Cause you're still, your body's still like filled with all these hormones that you've been putting into it, um, for so long. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, that sounds really safe. <laughs> yeah. So I got back from this trip, um, and, uh, there was, it was a week before my appointment and, um, you know, one thing leads to another. You yeah. get back, you you miss, miss your, partner. your partner, and um, and then and then you go to the doctor's office to go get your next one on in, or I went to the doctor's office to get my next one in the next week, and um, she was like, okay, great, let's um, just do one quick test. We just gotta give you a pregnancy test to make sure that all's good before we put this in, and she did it. And she came back into the room and she said, Lindsay, I have some news. You're, you're pregnant in, in a positive way. (laughs) Uh, and I, uh, had what I know is like a a full on panic attack and like couldn't breathe in the room and like I couldn't breathe and, um, uh, she ended up getting me like a sedative uh, because I just I lost it and uh, totally had a freak out. Were you one hundred percent shocked as well? Like, did, was there anything yeah. inkling in your mind that you're like, well, the myth might be a myth? You know, it's hard to look back on now, but I feel like I did feel different, but I'm not sure I felt it's only different. a week. Like yeah. it's not like they would have been. Yeah, I'm amazed she could even tell in a week. It might have been two. Oh yeah, sorry. I'm not but fact I'm not checking. But I'm hundred percent sure. But like, it wasn't it that like long. A week. It wasn't yeah. that long. Not meaning like you'd gone through a month and you're like, and oh, my breasts were getting sore, and this happened, and that happened, mm-hmm. and you were sort of like secretly hiding the thought that maybe you were pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. Like my appointment was on the fifteenth. I had come back on like the. F- sorry, this is boring, yeah. but I'd come back on like the fifth, and then. Um, ten days. Yeah, ten days. Okay, so you have a huge panic attack. So I have a huge panic attack. Is that the first time you've ever been had a sedative? <laughs> no, no. Um, I also have like an anxiety, um, acute anxiety, but um, it was. So that kicked in. It kicked in real hard. <laughs> Arguably harder than it ever. What? Has. What? Um, do you remember what the true fear that came out of you? Like, was there? was there clear things that scared the crap out of you as you heard it or it just was a whole body thing of of it all Mm, that's a good question I feel like it was just like I'm not ready for this like that was the general feeling of like this is a surprise and I'm not ready for this um 
and then of course it kind of spiraled from there like my boyfriend is a bus boy and um you know i'm i'm 22 and i just started my career and we just moved to los angeles and now i have to move home to new mexico and it just you know kind of spiraled. if you had a baby you would have to move home to new mexico right. yeah. yeah i can't do that you know yeah. i can't do it on my own i mean i maybe i could but i didn't feel no i've had that same thing if, if yeah. i got pregnant in new york i'm like i think that would mean i'd have to move back to australia yeah like it, i think that's a very norm, normal thought yeah yeah it's just easier it takes a village you know yeah it's just so much easier to have help um especially when you are not an emotionally stable person to begin with yeah. you know like you're 22 years old your brain isn't even fully developed yeah so um so then where, so you, do you go so, home? So no, so the next step is um, she has to give me a sonogram because I think UCLA at the time had some kind of law or they were following California law or there was some kind of rule that you have to get a sonogram in order to... Um, be, be labeled pregnant. Be labeled pregnant, yeah. yeah. And you also have to go get some blood work done. So I went and did that the same day. And, um, had Osanica. you made a phone call yet? Had you done? No, you, it no, was I'm just you. I, I'm just crying. Yeah. I'm just in there crying. And um, a sonogram is really invasive when you are, you know, a, a couple of weeks pregnant. And so um, that was a, a very intense experience. Um, but my doctor was so nice and so kind about it. And it was a female doctor? Mm-hmm. Amy. Oh, Amy. Thanks, Amy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and she, she was, she was great. You know, she was, once she, once she realized where I was at, it was, it was a total shift in her demeanor and, um, and everything felt a lot smoother after that. That is fascinating because for others, it may be the best news they've ever heard in there. They may have been trying for five years and, but you were there to get contraception. So I think she, (laughs) she probably knew um, going in that this right. was not planned. Right, yeah. And I think she asked me, like, almost immediately, like, what do you want to do? And I'm like, well, I, well, I want to schedule an abortion. And she said, okay, we can do that. Um, oh, so you just knew straight... straight well, I, I knew that that would be the most likely thing, and I didn't want to have... I didn't want to have, like, the back and forth of, like, calling later or, like, figuring out to yeah. down the road or whatever. Like, just schedule it and then make the decision. So afterwards, that point. yeah. Very logical thought <laughs> while you're having a breakdown. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just get it over with. Um, so she said, okay, great. So what we need to do is wait, um, I think it was like two weeks until the cells are, are viable to be like removed or whatever. So we schedule first appointment for two weeks from there. Um, is that really true? Like, is that the truth? They can't do anything until it's that, or is it? actually designed that you just have a bit more time to think about if you I I think in this specific instance because it I had like just yeah. just become pregnant um this that was true uh but I'm not I'm not sure yeah because I also think feel like there was a 72 hour wait period that like I had to call back to confirm Firm. yeah that I wanted to do this but I'm not it's all kind of blurry now yeah yeah, yeah. um so so yeah uh, I left there and um, called my boyfriend, and I was just crying in the car. And uh, uh, I think I rocked his world. Um, <laughs> and and then. Do you remember how you kind of how you 
how you said it or you just it was just a you know I, I was so emotional at the time I, I feel like I just called him up crying my eyes out and he was like hey I, I answered the phone hey and I was like hey and then he said what's wrong and then he's like I'm like I'm pregnant and then and then he's like oh <laughs> and uh yeah I mean I was I, it, this is exactly what a 22 year old acts like but like I was so overwhelmed with emotions it came across probably as anger yeah and I, and it was I was angry I was angry at myself I was angry that this whole situation was happening that like you know the internet lied to me about the, <laughs> the myth of birth control working after you stop taking it which of course like rationally makes sense to me as an adult woman now but you know, I, I also see how the other way actually made a lot of sense as well yeah like I, and also you you believe what you want to believe at the time like it you know yeah. And also just the odds of even getting pregnant are right. very hard. So you're like, it'll be fine. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It'll be fine. Um, but it wasn't fine. And, uh, yeah. And then the weeks that followed um, were pretty brutal because it was just a lot of conversations about, like, should I go through with this? And, you know, I, I called my best friend and she had just had a child. And that was like a really difficult conversation because she, she was like excited for me in the possibility of us like raising children together. Yeah. And, um, and that would have been awesome, but I, I, I would not have been thinking back on it like a good mother at that age. Do you, do you remember what you, um, what, what you wanted from, by telling someone what yeah. you wanted? Yeah, I think I just wanted to, like, share what was going on with me and get help and advice from a woman that I trusted and loved that was relatively close to me in age. Um, yeah. So, before you came over, I was just writing down all my thoughts on this, and I've had a lot of friends that have had abortions. I haven't had one. I've definitely had a scare that I've been pregnant, but I think I have that scare any time I've had sex. <laughs> just, <laughs> this is it. <laughs> um, but none of them have ever told their mum. Mm. Maybe they have now, but I don't think so. And which fascinates me because your mum... I don't know why we don't tell. I don't know why there is that. Um, and I... Because in one way, they're the, the most... Comf they, to some of us, they're the most comforting person. Mm -hmm. Two, they're a woman. Mm -hmm. um, and three, they're gonna, they should love you anyway. So mm -hmm. like in this judgment-shame world, you'd think that, okay, maybe they will, they'll feel that for a while, but they ultimately... Also, if I kept the baby, they're going to know. So, like, they, either way, they're going to have to sort of deal with this. I guess if you don't tell them that you had an abortion, they don't have to deal with it. They don't have to know at all. But um, it made me once say to myself that if you did go through this, I hope you... It was like, I hope I gave my mum the benefit of the doubt to yeah. be there for me with this. But I don't know. I don't know if I would, would actually tell her because but yeah. I don't understand I don't actually understand that yeah that's really interesting I think just I haven't really thought about that before um 
but I think it is the fact that like that was an option your mom had. Yeah, exactly. And she didn't choose that option, um, despite whatever difficult situation she might have had in her life. Like my mom and my father were married, and they were not. I don't think that they were happy together when I was conceived, and I they divorced immediately after. So you know, um, I am thankful to be here. Thanks, mom. Um, but uh, yeah. Did you? So did you tell your mom? I I did, um, and it was it was a challenging conversation. Um, I think it just where we netted out was that like she supported me either way, um, but because I had this like two week waiting period, actually it was longer than that, but we'll get to that. Um, because I had this waiting period, uh, we had many conversations and some of the conversations uh, were like, oh, I, I can't wait to, you know, like I saw some little shoes today. I would love to get these little shoes. And, and you know, there's all these adorable little outfits. I'd love to, you know, just love kids. And you know, when you're older, you, and you haven't had a kid in your life for a while, I think it's really attractive. Yeah. Um, and my mom would be a great grandmother. Amazing. Uh, but that just wasn't, like, I wasn't ready to be the mother to the grandmother. <laughs> yeah. I can, you know. and I totally, um, like, yeah, I, when my friends have gone through this and they're deciding, there is a huge part of me that's like, have the baby, we can look, I'll help you raise yeah. it. You know, yeah. you just romanticize this thing. And, and, and also there's always that, um, and I've learned it from movies and also other people would be like, having this child was the best thing that ever happened to me. Oh yeah. You know, so you ultimately in some ways know it's like, if I do have it, it will work out in some crazy way, which I Absolutely. would presume just makes it all even harder mm -hmm. um, but that does not mean that it is the right decision yeah. at all you know yeah no I, I totally understand that and, and that's one thing that I realized when it was happening is like I'm not gonna regret having this kid you know what I mean like like and you don't know whether or not you're gonna regret having an abortion but you know you're not gonna regret having a child because having a child is a completely it's a it's it's like the I don't know, like the reason why I'm here, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, it's ultimately the one thing you know you will love unconditionally. Exactly, and that will love you unconditionally. Or <laughs> yeah. or when they're 15 to 18. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, but I think there's, there's still so many other factors that go into it and why it wasn't, why it's just not the right thing for me at 22 to do. Okay, so you've called your best friend. Yeah, I called my best friend. I talked to my mom. Um, I kept it pretty, pretty on the on the DL. Uh, thinking about it now. Oh, and the other thing that my mom said is that she would help me out financially, which like hadn't happened to date uh, throughout like school and college, and I was still paying off my student loans and stuff, and so that just felt also super weird, <laughs> you know, um, just because. Like, she had raised me to be such an independent woman and, like, do everything for myself and, like, make my own money. And um, 
chart my own career path and like don't depend on anyone and all of this other stuff. And so it was really uh, just changed things in my mind to think that I would have some fin- some financial support if I did decide that oh, this was a direction she to She said she would financially help you if you had the child. Yes. Oh, I thought she meant I'll help you pay for the abortion. No, that would have been fucking great. That's where I was like, <laughs> hang on a second. <laughs> no, that, that, that was not awkward. That's so interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> Yeah. yeah. I so when I was thinking you were saying it in a different way, I went to also this moment of so, you know, fuck, the first time I'm actually gonna need money from my parents is to do something that I never thought that I would ever have to go through. Right. So I, I kinda went down that road yeah. and I was like and even just when you were saying that you felt angry, I feel like that would just be so angry when these things happen in life that you're like that was not at all a part of this plan and mm-hmm. that takes away all these things that I valued myself upon that I am independent yeah. that I can handle things myself that I am grown up and then something happens that you have you know sex right and very natural thing <laughs> that, that most people have yeah um and then all of a sudden all these sort of guidelines that you gave yourself are all sort of just taken away and mm-hmm. you've got to rethink everything right and then I have to become codependent yeah and then my dependent has to become codependent on both me and that other it's just become so much more layered so did you did you keep talking to your mum about it or was there a point where you're like maybe mum isn't the maybe mum isn't the one to Mm. I mean, I, I think I, I, like, still talk to her regularly and checked in. Um, but, I, yeah, we were too far gone and then not too far gone. We had just made our decision uh, and, and that was that and I wasn't entertaining any other. So how are those, how are those conversations? Oh, my gosh. I was, well, I was 22, so they were super emotional. <laughs> um, and... Uh, yeah, I, I feel horrible about the way that I treated him uh, during that time. He was rational, but open to whatever I wanted, of course. What does rational mean? Mm. In this situation? In this situation, yeah. Because I don't know. It, right. could be, it could be all different options, right? Right. I, I mean, just laying out right. the pros and cons, right? Yep. Um, yeah. And the other thing is, like, I had this feeling in, in the back of my mind that if we did this and if we decided, like, we were going to carry this um, baby to term, then it would it would break us, right? Because we weren't in a stable relationship place to begin with, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and he wanted so much more for his life, and I obviously did too, and so we would end up resenting each other because of, this, of a decision that we had made. So you're also deciding not only do I have a child, but basically do I keep my relationship or not in some ways? Yeah. Yeah. Just because it wasn't strong enough at that point. It was, it was really, really, it was fragile to be honest. Yeah. 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 And this, and this could have been the breaking point. Um, either way, to be honest. Uh, but. Were you also, um, 
Were you also just angry that you that it was your body that this was happening to? Like, even though it was, like, you two in it together, but yeah. you're like, but I'm the one that has to ultimately... Right. Li- like, live, live through the, this, the experience yeah. and then also, like, carry it with me forever. Because it's so stigmatized for women. Like, it's not... I don't think it's as stigmatized for men to be like, yeah, I was with a woman and she had an abortion. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's yeah, no, I guess happened. not. But I also feel for the guy because there's, it's really, you know, I'm sure that there's times where they, they're just so helpless mm-hmm. and ultimately they can have as much opinion as they want, yeah. but it, the woman, like I was just reading the law in Australia and basically the male has absolutely no rights <laughs> um, in the sense of if she wants to. It's her decision. Yeah, well, the same end. here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just was, I, I was just so, once you and I had started talking about this, I was just so interested in what, what my country yeah. <laughs> was the way. And it, I mean, it all makes sense, but it, yeah, it's a, a, a made, it's this very interesting situation for a, a man to be in. Mm-hmm. And that ultimately, their, one could look at their role in the relationship as just to be supportive yeah and um like we were just saying there is 50 different ways to do that depending (laughs) on your belief system right depending on you know right yeah yeah yes yeah i definitely played like the victim a lot more than would ever be necessary but in our relationship, like in our relationship in that moment too. And after actually as well. And kind of blamed the decision on him, even though we knew, I knew what the decision was, as I told you when I was there, because I made the appointment. You know what I mean? And that's kind of a weird... I guess, did you, did you, did you feel like a victim though? Like, I know you can look at it now, it's years and years later, and you can look back and go, God, I was a bitch. (laughs) I mean, we all can do that, but in that time... No, in that time I felt, you know, like it was happening and it was bad and like I was helpless and that other people were making the decision for me, but that wasn't true. Of course, I was making the decision for myself. Which puts your boyfriend in this... Very uncomfortable situation yeah. that no matter what he says, yeah, no. <laughs> you're going to take it. Exactly. In, yeah. Yeah. And, that, and just spin it around like devil's advocate. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm going to come back to something in a bit later. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you both come to this decision. Yeah. We come to this decision and um, it's kind of tense between us. Um and I don't know, I don't know, I almost feel like, like, movies added to that, or the media added to that, like, to the drama of it all, right? Mm-hmm. Because, like, really, it, it doesn't have to be that horribly dramatic. Um, and so, and my appointment date comes, and he takes me to my OBGYN, uh, UCLA, and um, they give me a, a sedative, and then they're, like running around doing things for like half an hour and they'll just keep coming in to check in on me and they're like, are you all right? Okay, we're just getting some stuff set up. And then finally my doctor comes in like an hour later and she's like, we don't have 
all everything that we need to do this here like it was supposed to be here and we don't have every like i kind of like the drugs mm, no so i didn't do the um the, the drug okay I, I was i was having the would it be the tools the, <laughs> the tools yeah yeah maybe we should take a beat to look us up what yeah. it's called what is it um oh what would we what would i google <laughs> vacuum vacuum abortion vacuum okay uh the, like the two different kinds of pills are, are one is uh, the medication and then the other one is the surgical but i can't remember what the but surgical you can only do the called. the abortion uh, aspiration suction abortion yeah, that's it okay yeah. Okay. So, so they, they didn't have that. They didn't have what they needed for the aspiration section abortion. That's a very strange title. Also, what does aspiration <laughs> mean again? Uh, it's aspiring. I don't know. I think maybe. Yeah, that's what I'm like. <laughs> this is an inspiring suction. Uh, aspiration. I, maybe it like opens up the. I don't know. Wait, I have to Google aspiration. Aspiration definition. Makes a it hope bigger. or ambition yeah. of achieving something. <laughs> We're just gonna make sure this vacuum works. <laughs> That's a, what? The action or process of drawing breath. I don't know why I'm thinking that's helpful. That's the medicine element. Okay, I guess you'll. All right. Okay. <laughs> So, so yeah, so they didn't have the tools available at my OBGYN, and so I had come in that day and planned for that whole, like, next two days, three days to, to be Oh, yeah, you planned for it. Yeah, yeah. Like, like you would. <laughs> and, Got my Netflix account. <laughs> Not a bad joke. Keep going. <laughs> yeah, um, and so uh, I had to go home. And, um, and the next available appointment with my doctor was at a clinic that she was um, doing her residency at or doing her like oversight at what is that called um oh like your yeah yeah your residency yeah. kind of like uh prac that's an australian term um <laughs> We get it. Getting more hours so she yeah. can be more trained. She's getting more hours so she can be more trained, but she's overseeing new doctors at this clinic. Um, and the other option was like a month away. And I, you know, I don't, you don't want to be pregnant unless you want to be pregnant. Like, so you just want it to be over with. Um, or I did. Anyway. Yeah, I think once you've made the decision, then yeah. you, this needs to, because also you, your body is going, is preparing to have a baby. And yes. in those first um, two months, that a, the, a lot happens. Yes, a lot happens. So you're also going, you're yes. feeling all those things, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yep. And knowing that it's not, you're like, it's not necessary, <laughs> Stand down. Stand down. Stand down, body. Yeah. No need for morning sickness. <laughs> um, yeah, and so uh, we, I think we ended up going like the following week. And uh, it was in a clinic in Los Angeles. Were you able to work at, throughout all this? Did you take some time off? So Did you I, tell your boss anything yeah, that's going on? I was like freelancing with this group, but I just said like I have medical stuff going on and um, I'm going to take some time off. Oh, cool. Good. Yeah. Uh, but it, it, I wasn't taking more time than the recovery time that the doctor was recommending. You yeah. know what I mean? 
Um, and so I, we went into this clinic, and clinics are different than OBGYN, oh, like fancy OBGYNs. Um, they're, they're clinics, uh, and they're not super up to date, and there's people everywhere <laughs> running around, you know. Um, so it's making you feel a bit uneasy? Making you feel uneasy and, and uh, just a very different vibe than my doctor's office. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the... Kind of like you sort of feel like you're in the ER rather than like yeah. in a, a, a calm... Yeah, like, yeah. like there's like six patients at the OBGYN and there's like 50 at this yeah. clinic, right? Not, I don't think there was 50, there's probably like 20, but still. Um, so they took me back and gave me the, you know, the drugs and set me up and, um, and they did it. <laughs> uh, but the problem was, there were some, there were some problems. So my doctor was overseeing an, a, a young doctor, a baby doctor. Uh, an anti-baby doctor. <laughs> an anti-baby baby doctor. We are really good with the jokes today. <laughs> what is this called when you mask humor with <laughs> with uncomfortableness? <laughs> um, yeah, and, and this girl, uh, I have like a tilted cervix, um, which means that it's just harder to get to my insides. Um, and so, which is also very surprising that I got pregnant, apparently. She's like, this is pretty rare uh that this would happen after one go whatever um and uh she was having a hard time and it was kind of like like digging around it kind of felt like and like you're on drugs but you can still feel things and and maybe what the aspiration means like that whatever they're doing they like blow a bunch of air up into your cervix and into your body um, and it feel it makes you feel super super nauseous, like you're about to throw up. And I had like a I requested a bucket at a, a couple of points, um, and then they're just like digging and scraping around. And my other doctor is like overseeing her. And then there's like two other doctors in the room, and they're all students. But like, did they ask? Did they ask if? <laughs> did they ask? Yeah. Did they ask to be like we're gonna use your abortion as a <laughs> training session? I don't think so but I guess that I mean maybe but they may I not have, have to I yeah. mean it's a part ever I should have, have known because I was going to the clinic I just hadn't thought through what that meant yeah anyway um but uh they got it and they pulled out this very small bundle of cells like smaller than the top of your um fingernail not even the full fingernail, just like that tiny white part. <laughs> wow. Um, and um, they show you? No, no. Okay. That would be weird. Yep. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's the weird bit of all this. <laughs> um, and then, uh, yeah, and then I got cleaned up and went um, back out into the lobby or the waiting room, and Skyler was there. My boyfriend was there, and he um, gave me a hug, and, and then we went on our merry way. Um, How long was that whole process? Like a morning. Yeah. Then we went and got ramen. <laughs> <laughs> then, you know, I just stayed home and was emotional and cried for two days. What were you, what were you the most sad about? Mm. Just that like, it had happened to me, I think. 
to be honest. Like, you just don't think one mis like one mistake can change your whole life. And it's in a, either direction. Yeah. In either direction. And it's also, I find it hard to even hear that it, in some ways, that it's even thought of as a mistake. Like, right. it's just a girl that got pregnant, yeah. you know? Which Literally. means, which is, could have, such a natural thing that happens all the time and right. yet there's this guilt and this association of the type of girl that gets that by the way also nothing wrong with whatever that type of girl is yeah yeah it's so funny like there's so many people that I know and that you know and that we all know that have had abortions and we just don't talk about it you know it's it's a very normal but it does feel like super super stigmatized and like yeah, what you just said. So, oh, I want to tell you one more thing. Yeah. The other thing that was uh, sad and heartbreaking, and this, I think, speaks volumes to, to where our relationship grew from that moment, but, you know, my, my boyfriend said to me uh, after when we were driving home that, like, because he was feeling really emotional, and he's just sitting there. I mean, imagine being in his position. I know, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, he, he's sitting there Reading in Reading a lobby. stupid people <laughs> magazine. <laughs> I don't care what Jennifer Aniston right. is doing. Yeah, just like waiting, you know, not twiddling his thumbs, but like, you know, it's just, it's a very tense, a tense time. And, and he said to me that like, he thought about coming into the room and telling me to like, to stop and for us to just leave. And not do it. And that was, like, it's it, it, it was so nice to hear and so great to hear that him say that because it just meant that, like, even though it was done and it was over, you know, like, it would have been fine either way. But we, I, I mean, I still felt in that moment, like, it's, it, I'm so just so glad that we did it and that him saying that almost put the relationship back together. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I do. I also think um, you were grieving together yeah. your loss. Yeah. Yeah, instead of, like, I've had, I've heard people that sort of, it's not like they celebrate it, but they kind of are like, whew, you know? Right. <laughs> you know, and yeah. that's their way, and others where they kind of, yeah, that, that someone passed away that, that right. was going to be a, a big part of, that could have been a big part of their life. Um, and I, and I don't, from what I've learned as well is that this, this moment never goes away. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, I, I also, um, was always scared that if, I did have to go through this process just how sensitive I am yeah um that it was really gonna rock my emotional boat and I wasn't sure if I've never wa I've wondered if I'd be able to kind of get through it or not you know yeah yeah I think I was wondering the same thing <laughs> did, did your brain um <laughs> your brain did you ever have those like images of what the child would look like or what you'd be like as a mum? did you did you did you let your no no 
No. No, I, no. I agree. I agree. I just wasn't... Because I sometimes you can't control yeah. that. It just happens, you know? Yeah, you know, I feel like I feel like the people around me and some of the people that I, that I told and talked to about, like, they did that game for me. And they've, like, played through that, you know? Um, and, and that's why they were, like, excited f- for me. But the thing is, no one knows you better than you. Right? Like, and... and I was like not a, a stable person, <laughs> you know, I was, I'm, when you're 22, all you want to do is, you know, put back tequila shots and, um, I don't know, go to rock concerts and mess around and yeah. Um, and act like your, your life is almost like a TV show. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I, yeah. And it, I'm constantly yeah. in a movie. <laughs> not ever ending the way that I quite want it to so I just you know it just carries on uh so how long would you say you sort of went through like the five stages of grief sort of process or mm. I don't even think I really did I think um again it was unfair what my what I think where our relationship went after that um while we had like come together in that moment and I felt a little bit healed about it I admittedly may have used it as a jab later on, like to win, not win fights, but like when something wasn't going right, I blamed this. Yeah. And, and that's just a maturity thing. And, and also like not knowing how to be in a relationship. Also, you just went through a pretty big thing, <laughs> you know, and yeah. And I think that would. But it wasn't as big to me as I had made it out to be with him, for him, to him. Would you, would you have said that, though? How many years ago was this? Six. Like, are you looking back on your life and be like, it wasn't that bad, but in the moment? Or are you like, no, no, I... I... No, I know. I mean, I was just like a kind of a, a not a great young person. TBH. <laughs> and, I, I, you know, I don't know that I've ever even told him that. But, um, yeah. Wait, TBH, what does that mean? To be honest. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, why are you saying that? I don't understand. What do you mean? Meaning you just look, you going like, I knew kind of what I was doing and I still did it anyway. Yeah. 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 Like, I, I think I was a little um, a manipulative young person. And how did he handle it? Um, I think I think it was hard. It was hard for him, of course, and just like it was hard for me. And, and I guess I'm also realizing that I'm coming across as saying that this wasn't a big deal at all. No, okay. no. The way that you're saying it is, it was a big deal. Um, it's just some of your reactions you felt like weren't necessarily. True. Uh, yeah, necessarily an exact correlation of what you truly felt. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it was it was hard for him. You also were just crying three seconds ago, so like, I'm pretty <laughs> sure it was a big thing that happened in your life. So, yeah, yeah you haven't just... You haven't just erased everything that you said <laughs> for 40 minutes and... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so... For him, I think it was, it was a big thing. Obviously, like, less of a big thing, because I don't think he told as many people. Um... After the fact, I think it was much easier to tell people about it, um, but admittedly, like, it, I still, not that many people even know to this day. 
Um, but the people that we did end up telling, a lot of um, a lot of older folks that we look up to um, and admire, and people that had a part in raising us, like several of them told us that they had had abortions, and that was just like a, a secret, um, but that they were willing to share once once we shared ours, which I thought was really interesting. Did it make you feel less? Did what did it make you feel? Well, it's just it? a little bit more like normalizing, um, yeah. Because you know the media makes you feel like, or this our culture and our society makes you feel like, um, like abortions should be rare. You know, like abortions are rare, like in every sense of the word rare, right? Um, but I think like the Guttmacher Institute said that like one in seven women have had an abortion. Mm. Yeah. What? I wonder why. I mean, I guess that's an easy answer, but I just wonder why it's always been a secret thing. And I listened to this podcast the other day about the history of abortion and just how, um, just in some ways, it was just one thing that men couldn't control so they took control of it <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. I <laughs> yeah and I don't think that's all it whatever mm-hmm. like I I'm sick of it feeling men to uh, women against men men against women um because we're all in it together but um yeah I it just felt sad that it didn't that we've created as a society this element that we keep this hush-hush and then what that means that women suffer, men and women suffer in silence because you can't really, you know, it's not okay to talk about it. And then it's, so then it's worse. And yet two doors down, they're going through the same thing and two more down, doors down, they're going through the same thing as well. Yeah. It's like they, yeah. The stigma stops from community building and from, like, sharing information and from normalizing it. Yeah. And I get I get also that some way of thinking about it is that if we normalize it, then people won't take responsibility for it. And then, so then everyone's just having abortion. <laughs> like, I, I, okay, that could, if we were having a debate, someone could argue that one. <laughs> I don't think they would win. But it's not about normalizing it in the sense of that it should just be out there and over. It's normalizing that if you are going through it, that mm-hmm. that it, that you have you feel okay to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. Um. So, the your so you're still with your boyfriend and how? Yes. So wait, how many years? I feel like you just said that before, but eight, eight years. And did you um? Did you think? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you obviously probably went through a stage where you're like, I'm not sure we're going to get through this. I just made a huge judgment there, but only (laughs) only, (laughs) only because it's like rough. And you always question, (laughs) what have I said? (laughs) Um, Well, you did. I, uh, huh. (laughs) You're like, it could go either way, whatever way you sort of go. Right. Um, And so, and how old are you now? I am 28 now, and he is in his mid-30s. And are you, are you getting, are you, are you 
wanting to have a baby? Yes. Yes. Um, so we are, uh, we're getting married next year and, um, we have come an enormously long way in our relationship. Um, but also as individuals, like we have just grown so much. Um, I think I look back at uh, obviously, if I haven't made it clear, the person <laughs> who I was when I was 20, in my early 20s, and like have a little bit of disdain and um, uh, discomfort with with uh, the set of values and the set of morals that I had at that time, which was slim to none. Um, and, and now I, I feel much more um, stable and happy because I have ethics and values that I work with every day and that inform every decision that I make and um, all the things that I do. And do you feel proud that you two kind of made made it through? It's like a oh my gosh. big yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. No, I feel, ex- I feel really, really um, excited about the future because it, I just know that we can get through anything now, you know. Um, and after, after, like the six months after we're roughish but still fine but still roughish and I think really that whole year was kind of kind of hard because we were growing quickly um and not in different directions but you know kind of just running up against each other oh and we had just moved in together too yeah right like (laughs) this is all happening at the same time um and learning how to live with someone and really truly be in a relationship and and all that comes with that communication and um, understanding and support and sympathy and like all, all of that. Did it also feel that if you did decide to keep the baby, it was kind of like, well, we're getting married. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> like. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that might have been what was going through his mind, right? And and for me, it's just like I was raised with as by a single mom, and so it's just like, oh fuck, I guess I'm doing that. Yeah. You know? um, because then, because actually, at the start when you were like. Well, I would move home. You didn't yeah. say we. You said I would move home. Right. But, you know. Right. Yeah. Well, I just, I just assumed the worst. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I would never, I would never think that now. Now it would definitely be a we. Um, and I think that we would still move home if we got pregnant like this month. You know. Yeah. Just because it does take a village and. And I, I don't know how to be a mom. I, I have only recently within the past like three years learned how to fully take care of myself and manage my finances and like eat better and, <laughs> you know, not drink as much. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's a learning curve. Um, and how do you feel yeah. in the political landscape when you... Yeah. Um, so I think, uh... This whole experience, um, having an abortion and going through all of this has really brought me much closer to the reproductive rights, health, and justice like movement at large. Um, I went to the Women's March last year. I was involved in um, an abortion access like concert event, um, and I'm volunteering with um, a, an abortion access fund here in New York. Um, regularly so yeah it's become a much bigger part of my life just because I feel so blessed no privileged to have had this as an option both financially um and um emotionally and um honestly like racially on some levels so and and geographically of course and what do you feel when though when you do hear people 
who believe that abortion should not be a thing at all. Like, does that... What happens? Um, yeah. What is it? Pro-life? Yeah, it's called pro-life. Pro-life, mm-hmm. yeah. Because, mm-hmm. you know, all of us other people are just anti-life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's... It, uh, I mean, to each their own. Yeah. Right? Like, let live and let live. And I think we said this the other day when we were chatting that it, I also understand mm-hmm. when someone says, no, I believe pro-life, I think, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm like, yes, I, I think that is such a beautiful sentiment and, mm-hmm. um, you know, but the reality of it is extremely different and especially when you see people that have children that aren't ready for it or can't afford it or yeah. didn't had to do it not based on what their needs were right that that can cause a lot of problems oh yeah for that person for that family for, for that, that community, child and for yeah. that child yeah 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 absolutely do you um do you find it because you're a volunteer what is it called an ab- manager what is your title so I'm doing case management case management so I haven't done a phone call yet just so you know what so you would people call up when they look needing Mm -hmm. so um an abortion access fund is a fund that bridges the gap between what your maybe insurance can pay what you can pay and uh, what your medicaid can pay and the cost of an abortion so you just help them know what their rights are and what the, their options are, not right options are. Um, well, we help them set help set them up with um, with the clinic if yeah. they need if they haven't made an appointment yet. Gotcha. Um, and then from there, like tell them whether or not we think they would qualify for Medicaid because in New York you. Um, so their decisions already made, and they come to you mm-hmm. just being like, "How? What's the process? What's the steps I need to take?" Well, to- they're they're calling for funding. So, so, so we would bridge the gap. So we have like access to a big pot of money. Um, that's all like, um, that's fantastic. Fundraised for, yeah. And then, and then we can cover, cover the difference then, um, for these individuals. So you're trained, but you haven't, you haven't done a phone call yet. I haven't done a phone call yet. I'm signed up to do it, um, next month. Does that, does this feel like a healing, a part of still healing about it or more just, I feel like the the healing part is is long gone. Long gone. Um, this is just more about like making other people's lives and decisions are easier. Mm, lovely. <laughs> I think we did well. I think you okay. did really well. Thanks. Is there any? Is there? I. Mm, I ju- I guess I just want to say like if someone ever tells you. Whereas going through this, like a similar situation or, um, has told you that they've had an abortion or if they, um, are considering having one, I think it would be best from my experience to just listen and not project what you feel either, either way. Um, yeah, because I think people, when you start having those conversations, like, they don't know you, right? Or they don't know, yeah. Well, I. It is also I like um. Say that. <laughs> no, I think that you never ever can take yourself out of mm-hmm. a, a situation. So your opinion is more based on how you feel rather than the person that you're actually speaking to. And I, right. 
or I think people find it really hard to detach there right? because all your opinion has ever come from is from all your life experiences and how you felt because that's all you can really own. Right. So um, when someone comes to you with big news or whatever it is, your opinion will always be based more on something about yourself than right. the other person. Yeah. Right, yeah. And there is also just that lovely thing of, you know, I, I've had it all the time. You know, you get it. And you call up a friend and you're like, I just need you to listen. Right. Like, I don't, I don't need you to solve this. Right. I don't need you to even understand because I don't understand yet. But yeah. Where, which is so hard for some people because they're so like, well, let's fix it. Mm-hmm. What do we need to do to fix this? Mm-hmm. Like, well, we don't know the fix yet. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Every person knows what's right for them. And, and it's just, it's difficult not to pass judgment, but um, it's super important because it's, it's not your call. Also, there is that thing of if you are sensitive, if you are in a sensitive moment, whatever is niggling at you or making you feel not good about yourself, if anyone says anything that slightly even goes into that space yeah. of, of what is causing you pain already it's like a huge punch in the face and they may not have even even right. knew that they triggered something yeah you know? yeah no I truly think that my incredible mom was just like you know talking out of her brain you just like yeah. you know think talking um and it, it wasn't that she was realizing what that would mean to me yeah and she wasn't she wasn't yeah. 22 she was a lot older and then had a child and right was ready for another but not her own for yeah. someone else to have one. i think also being a grandparent would just be the most beautiful oh thing my gosh how fun well. yeah and yeah. I, and so i i 100 percent. i also think i would have said very similar i still probably would say very similar things that your mum said, if I was a mum and had my daughter cooking up and so I think it's a very natural, you know. Yeah, no, I think it is too. I think it's Part too. of it. Yeah. God, what is the right thing to say? But yeah. Um, were you, did these, some of these reactions that people had when you told them, have they, have they? Yeah, I recently, I told someone really close to me and my family and, and her response was, Oh, you and th- your boyfriend would have such cute little kids. And I was just like, why would you say that? Yeah. <laughs> like, that, that was like... Was it a big thing ago. that you decided to tell them, or...? Yeah, she was just talking about how... Um, she, she was talking about how something, something about abortion and... and um, uh yeah, she was talking about it in general, and I was like, okay, well, just so you know, blah, blah, blah. Because I'm not on a um, mission, but I, I do want to change, like, hearts and minds and, like, bring them in to my life and into the story because, you know, uh, National Network of Abortion Funds has this tagline that's, like, everyone loves someone who has had an abortion. Mm. And it's it's so true, true. And, yeah. and you just don't know it right now. And... Um, it's just really not as big of a deal as our society makes it out to be. Or, and it's not as stigmatizing, and it's not as that girl, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. I, com- I completely agree. I don't yeah. I, I hope we're heading in the right direction. It, 
it, I think so. it feels like it and then other times you read something or hear something and you went oh yeah <laughs> maybe I mean, not but governmentally no like because um abortion laws are largely like occur by state instead of like federally on a federal basis federal mandate I don't you know what I'm trying yeah. to say um <laughs> national laws right it's not a national law, law. It's, it's a state law local yeah. level um there's a, there's a lot of bad things that are happening in the L of the country but um that's what abortion funds are for because abortion funds also cover, cover travel so like you know so you could go to another state to and another so state. you don't actually have to be a resident you mm-hmm. just have to be in that state yeah yeah which is great that is great um but it it's it's unfortunate that sad it's great but it's yeah. great <laughs> especially because you're going through enough anyway and yeah. then and then you're not even allowed i like even listening to this history of abortion podcast i'm like Hang on, how come it's even a government law? Right. Why is this someone else's even... Uh, but I felt the same way about um, gay marriage as well. I'm like, well, there is a law <laughs> stop someone from getting married. Yeah. I'm like, you you found someone to love you know how rare that is? <laughs> and there's a law that stops it? It's just mind-boggling. Right. And yet I'm sure there's a very rational sort of thing that... Someone could explain to me once, but I doubt I'd listen. Um, but yeah, Lynn, thank you so much. Yeah, for coming. I know that this has been muddling in your brain <laughs> for a while. By the way, it won't stop. You're gonna go home tonight. You're oh, gonna yeah. text me tomorrow. Like, You're there's gonna... one million things I forgot to tell yeah. you. And yeah. it does. And also, we can always do a part two. <laughs> <That'd be great. laughs> it doesn't. But you were wonderful. Thank really, you. I'm so, and I'm very yeah. grateful. I've never had the guts or nor will I ever and I don't think it's appropriate um, to have any of my friends come on and talk about this um, because I know that it's too close that sure sure you know um, to home so I on a personal I'm very grateful to have you come on and tell this story because I think it's so so important um, and I'm amazed that, that there isn't as much on it as um, this, as there should be so I feel very proud that we've been able to, to do this and put it out there Yay! So thanks. Too. Thank you for giving it. Essie's Hour of Love is produced by Essie Czar Grace Taylor and Nancy Pappas with sound editing and theme music by Jimmy Lindsay. always a special thanks to our guests who are willing to share their intimate stories <laughs>